You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook, where we post all of our podcast content, and you can subscribe on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play, wherever you find podcasts. You'll find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin, and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. We are continuing our off-season grade series with the tight end position for the Green Bay Packers. That's who we cover here. Um, And obviously, this is a need position for Green Bay. Now, all of this when we talk about the off-season part of this, we have to take into consideration the fact that Jimmy Graham, it's already been reported Green Bay is going to pick up the signing bonus. They are going to pay that. If they're going to pay that, then the options essentially are trade him or keep him. And it seems like they're going to keep him. So we have to use that context when we look at the options for the Packers in the draft and in free agency. Let's start, though, with the actual grades for players who were on the team. And let's start with Jimmy Graham. And I think there's two ways you can go about this. The first is, if you just look at the statistics, Jimmy Graham had a nice season. But when you watched the games, in fact, only two tight ends um, have ever had a 600-plus yard season uh, as a tight end. And... Those are Jermichael Finley and now Jimmy Graham. So he put up some numbers, but they felt like empty numbers in a lot of cases. And he didn't make the plays that he was expected to make. He didn't make the plays he was brought in to make. Now, Mike McCarthy also used him in a very strange way. That's going to be a theme as we have these discussions. And so using him as a seal blocker or a lead blocker or a a critical linchpin piece of a two-man route when you go max protect, those are failures of McCarthy, not Jimmy Graham. That said, you have to give effort. He didn't always give effort. He clearly was not on the same page with Aaron Rodgers consistently, and and that is not all his fault. It's not all Rodgers' fault. It's not all McCarthy's fault. It is just the nature of the NFL and, and getting on the same page. You have to learn how you move Coaches have to understand what a tight end does best, what any player does best, and it didn't seem like Green Bay really grasped the kind of things that Jimmy Graham did well uh, when they spread out everything in the offense. They were able to get him free, get him in space, get him in in the opportunities to catch the ball and run. He can still do that. He doesn't. He never really had you know lateral quickness and shiftiness, but he had straight line speed. He had great hands. And at the catch point, he could go up and he could beast on dudes. I don't know if he can do that anymore. Can you find ways to use him? Sure, potentially. You, if, you, if you just grade him as an NFL tight end, just as an NFL tight end, 
he probably had a B minus C plus season. B minus if we're being generous. And because he just the blocking was just bad, but the receiving pretty good, all things considered, at least statistically. But given the money that was paid to him and the expectations that were that that came with his arrival in Green Bay, given the given the given the way in which this season happened, it, it's hard really to to give him anything more than just a passing grade, and that's it, a D. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't a total and complete disaster. They used him really poorly, but he was not good. And by the end of the year, I mean, there were fans that that felt like, you know, Robert Tanyan and, and Mercedes Lewis should be the guys on the field. Speaking of Mercedes Lewis, this was a weird thing because he was he came in was given, you know, not a not a small money deal. I mean, 2 2 million, 2.1 million. Uh that is that's money. Um and yet he only ended up playing just under 18% of snaps. They didn't use their best blocker in a consistent way. They didn't use him in the passing game at all. I mean, at all. The the fact that that Robert Tanyan wound up with more on his stat sheet for the season than Mercedes Lewis is a football crime. 16 games, four targets, three catches, 39 yards. I mean, come on. And and I we're not going to talk about him in the context of potential free agent additions, but he is definitely someone that, you know, if you're going to bring back Graham, and it looks like they are, you want someone you can trust to be a blocker, that's Mercedes Lewis, and then you can draft someone. You can see what, what Tanyan is going to do. Carry four tight ends. Tanyan can play special teams. Whoever you draft can play special teams. And you've only got, you know, basically one year left of Jimmy Graham. Uh, and and you could sign Mercedes Lewis to another one-year deal to be a blocker for you. He's still useful. He can still block. He can still get after you. And that is that is a, a boon for an offense, especially an offense like Matt LaFleur's that wants to play in two tight end sets. They want to use their tight ends as blockers. They want to leak them out on play action. But that means you have to, from the same formation that you throw that play action, you have to be able to run the ball. So if Green Bay is not going to play with a fullback, and this is an offense that could use one, you could play with Mercedes Lewis, play him as an H-back, play him in the backfield, and use him to lead on plays, use him in protection. He is someone that could actually be valuable if given the right role. I'm going to give him an incomplete simply because he just wasn't used enough. When he was on the field, he played well enough. I, I don't understand what the usage by Mike McCarthy was. Speaking of well enough, Lance Kendricks did not play well enough. Played 29% of snaps last season. And I, I would say played play better over the second half of the year. But early in the year was an absolute liability. Is not a good blocker. And I, I, I struggled trying to figure out why he was on the field over Mercedes Lewis. Like I said, second half, better than the first half. But this is, I mean, it's a C minus D plus type season. He wasn't the guy that they, they brought him in to be. Wasn't the guy they paid him to be. Two years, four million, not a huge contract. But he was brought in to be the move tight end next to Martellus Bennett, who could be the dual threat tight end. He wasn't. So when we when we grade this against the context of expectations, he just wasn't very good. And then Robert Tanyan, I think also an incomplete. Uh, he 
showed some flashes. We saw flashes in the preseason. That does not count in this grade because those are not those are not real games. Those are not real players he's playing against. All the same, six targets, four catches, 77 yards, and a touchdown, including that 54-yard heave from Aaron Rodgers in that Seattle game, who, after the game, said he thought he was throwing to Jimmy Graham, not Robert Tanyan. So I'm not sure Jimmy Graham would have made the catch. Robert Tanyan did make the catch, but didn't in the second half when he was given more opportunities those last few games. Didn't do much with them. Uh, now, it's not quite fair. Week 17, you know, Deshaun Kaiser played most of that game. But this is someone who I know fans want to see, want to see him get opportunities, want to see him get reps. And we just have no idea if that's a role in which he can actually succeed. All right, this is the part that I think uh, most listeners are most excited for. Uh, and that is a discussion of the tight ends in the next draft. So obviously I've, I've made my case for why I don't think the Packers should draft a tight end at 12. TJ Hawkinson, not worth the 12th pick. But when you look at where these guys, the rest of these guys are, so let's just start with the ranking of the the consensus top 100 or so tight ends. And I don't mean 100 tight ends. I mean the guys who are considered top 100 prospects. There's TJ Hawkinson from Iowa. He's the best guy. To me, Irv Smith Jr. from Alabama, the second best guy. Noah Fant from Iowa. Caden Smith from Stanford. Jay Sternberger from Texas A&M. Dawson Knox from Old Miss. And Isaac Nauta from Georgia. So let's look at where these guys could possibly go. So this is, this is based on my own analysis of these players. The Hawkinson buzz is, I get it, Trevor Sikama talked earlier this week about why he liked TJ Hawkinson and the quality of the prospect he believes him to be. All, all of the, the arguments that I've made aside about where Green Bay should pick anyone, but, but a tight end in particular, and TJ Hawkinson in this instance, the early 20s is where that starts to make sense. So if Hawk is there at 30, draft him. I mean, it's a no-brainer. Draft him. Uh, but the, the trade down from 12, you know, you trade down to 15. I'd really have to know what else has, has happened. You know, did they sign an Anthony Barr in the offseason? Did they sign, you know, someone that can come in on the edge right away and give them pass rush? And do they think at 30, they, they really like Brian Burns and they think he's going to be there or they really like Montez Sweat and they think he is going to be there. I, I just, I don't see the value in it, but in the early 20s, if they trade, let's say they trade down to the early 20s and they pick up extra picks. I mean, that is where his value is. I think at 30 is where this makes a little bit more sense. I don't think Noah Fant is worth the 30th pick. I think he's a little bit below that. I think he's an early second round type player. I compared him to Jared Cook when I studied him. He, like Jimmy Graham, is a move tight end. He is not someone you want to line up on the line of scrimmage and have him block for you every play. It's not that he can't do it. He's just not very good at doing it. And I just, I, I don't see the fit with Green Bay the same way I see with some of the other players on this list who can actually block. Irv Smith Jr. from Alabama, 6'4", 249. He can block, but he is also athletic. 
can make plays after the catch and I, I think could be a really nice fit as someone who in year one is a secondary piece. And then in year two, year three, he starts to evolve and can become that legitimate number one tight end option, can can block, can catch the whole nine. Caden Smith from Stanford is the next guy. And he is someone that I think when you start to look at what they're going to do in the second round, you know, in that 41 to 45 range, someone like Caden Smith makes a lot of sense. Not a shifty athlete, but long, uh, 6'5", 252, reminds me a lot of the former Stanford top pick, Kobe Fleener. Not, not really shifty, but can block and can really make adversity catches. You throw the ball up anywhere near him, he is going to make the play. And got a little bit more comfortable last year as the season went on, getting split out and making those kinds of plays. But you can put him on the line of scrimmage. You can ask him to block. And again, if they re-sign someone like Mercedes Lewis, and he only has to play 17, 18, 25% of snaps, he can learn, he can grow, and then can become that legitimate number one option. Someone who as a receiver, is a little bit further ahead, but not quite as well-rounded. Jay Sternberger from Texas A&M. Uh, I think someone who could be in the mix for that second-round pick. I think he's right in that range, 6'4", 250. And when he's running in a straight line, looks like a receiver. Uh, I don't I, I don't think he's that full 250, but he is a, a very intriguing prospect, someone who was a focal point of the Texas A&M offense, unlike some of the other guys on this list, including, by the way, TJ Hawkinson. But he was he was good. He was really good. Now, he's got a, an interesting backstory. Played at Kansas, couldn't get on the field at Kansas, had to go to a, uh, a small school and then come back at Texas A&M where he showed out. So what, what do we make of that one-year production? And he's a little bit older. If he tests well at the Combine especially – I think he's very much in the range. And another name that I just really, really like for Green Bay, I don't, I don't know that they're going to be in a position to take him, Dawson Knox from Ole Miss. He was incredibly underutilized there because they have so many. I mean, they might have three receivers who get drafted, and there just weren't enough footballs to go around. Dawson Knox, though, big, 6'4", 250, can block. I mean, Ole Miss used him basically as a de facto offensive tackle at times. But when they, when they let him run, when they let him try and get open, he could and, and did consistently. He just didn't consistently get the ball. So he doesn't have the sort of impressive numbers that you see from some of these other guys. I like him more than the consensus. I, I think he's a legitimate second-round player, but he could fall. I mean, I have him in the 50s, but you know if he's there in the 70s when Green Bay picks in the third round and, and they haven't done anything there, I think that could be a really nice fit in the same way that we've talked about these other tight ends because he's not ready to carry the load right away. And so if they do take a Mercedes Lewis back, then I think you wait on a tight end and you try and get someone like Knox who may need a year or two, but you can he can play special teams right away, can block, and you can run some three tight end sets with him where you do some interesting th- stuff. You run play action, you sneak him out, and you throw to him open, and you give him a year to develop, get him in this offense, get him acclimated to playing with Aaron Rodgers, and then, again, in a year, when Jimmy Graham and Mercedes Lewis are going to be out the door, 
he can assume the mantle as the top tight end. There are so many players. I mean, I've, I've named six. Uh, you know, Isaac Nada is not, uh, he's just solid. He's a jack of all trades, master of none type. But in the fourth round, yeah, sure. Why not? Can just do a little bit of everything. He's solid. He's not great at any one thing, but is just solid. And this this presents Green Bay with a really nice opportunity to get better. They can they can reasonably insist that they could take a tight end in the first, second, third, or fourth round. And by 2020, that guy is their top tight end. That's how much talent is in this draft. It's another reason why I don't think taking one at 12 makes any sense. Why, why when you could get a really good player at 30, at 44, in the, in the third round at, at 76, could they take you know a couple fourth rounders, move up, and, and get into the third round? Uh, you know these are, these are options. You can get quality players in later rounds, so you don't have to press. You don't have to stress. You don't have to force the issue with one of these players because there are so many in this class. And for a team that needs a tight end, at least a long-term option at tight end, this is a great draft class and a great position for Green Bay to be in to snag one of these dudes to stash him because tight ends take time to develop. You stash him for a year, and then by 2020, he's ready to be a part of this offense. I don't want to spend a ton of time talking about the free agent options at tight end because I just I don't see it for Green Bay. I just don't see them going out into free agency and signing anyone that can impact their team very much. There aren't that, that many guys out there who even, if they play their best, can do that. I've said I said on Twitter that if they want to sign Jared Cook, they should just draft Noah Fant because that's who he is. He's younger and would likely be cheaper. Uh, Tyler Eifert is going to be a free agent again, but he didn't play again last year. So you're just you're 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 playing with fire, giving him any kind of money really, because you just don't think he can play. The rest of the names on this list, I mean, is anyone going to get excited about? Levine Toilolo, does Luke Stocker do it for you? Does Max Williams or Logan Paulson do it for you? I mean, I just, if you're gonna, if you think those guys are the guys you need, then, you know, just, just roll with Robert Tanyan. Just, just bring Mercedes Lewis back on a cheap deal. Those guys aren't going to change your offense. And if anything, they're going to take snaps away from someone like Big Bob Tanyan. And they're going to take snaps away from whichever rookie tight end you draft. And so if you're going to keep Graham, and it seems like Green Bay is, then I think someone like Mercedes Lewis, a reliable blocker who has already been in this team, has not been in this offense, but has been in this team, has a connection with the offensive coordinator with Nathaniel Hackett, having played under Hackett in Jacksonville, you say, okay, even though he's not familiar with this new offense per se, he's familiar with the coach. He got to pl- practice with the quarterback, even though he didn't get to play a ton with him. And spilling a little bit of tea on the Martellus Bennett Yahoo show is not the end of the world. He didn't say anything bad about Aaron Rodgers. He just told a story about a time that Rodgers changed the play. Does that make him anathema for the Packers? 
Does that make him radioactive? I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, but I, I don't think it should. I think that's the kind of guy that you can come in and be a bridge tight end. And as the season goes on, he can get fewer and fewer snaps as you bring along one of these rookies. But that is the move. The move is to draft someone and bring back Mercedes Lewis. That is the best option for the Packers. None of these, I mean, I've seen Luke Stocker mentioned. Yeah, he played in Tennessee last year. I don't. I don't see how that's a better option than Mercedes Lewis. Uh, he's younger, but who cares? He's not going to play. He's not going to be the guy after this year. So I, I don't. I just don't see the appeal there. Unless you think, okay, we sign him to. You know, I, I. I just don't think Green Bay should be giving away contracts to anyone at this position beyond this season. So the age thing just doesn't. It doesn't matter to me. If you get someone in the draft that you like. Next year, when Jimmy Graham and Mercedes Lewis's contracts would theoretically be up, draft someone again or sign another veteran free agent. This is They can keep doing the one- and two-year deals. They've found guys. They just haven't been able to utilize them. And that says more about Mike McCarthy and this offense than I think anything else. But it also is a reminder that free agency is tough. And that's just another reason to just not worry about it. Can can anyone in this class really help you that much? No. So sign guys you're familiar with, in this case, Mercedes Lewis. Draft one of these dudes in the top 100. You have enough picks that you can afford a luxury at this point. And tight end is a little bit of a luxury position in the NFL. So do that. Improve this position and give Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur the best chance that you can to succeed in this new offense. All right, we'll be back next week with a lot more Locked on Packers. We are almost, almost to the combine, so we're gonna keep we're gonna keep up the NFL draft talk. Um, I think I wanna I wanna bring in a guest to talk about free agency sometime between now and, and March. Um, that is still about a month away, so I think we can we can push that off in the in the uh, not the rear view because it's in front of us, but it, it is it is many exits down the highway at this point considering what we have to get to between now and then so we will do that uh, between now and and when the new league year starts in mid-March you can always send me questions on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski I answer a lot of them on Twitter but I will bring them onto the show and if you want it answered specifically on the show say so uh, I, I some of them I, I find interesting enough that I'll just post but some of them I'll save and, and also answer on the show so you can do that. You can also send your questions to Locked on Packers Twitter account at Locked on Packers. It's easy that way. You can send me your questions, your comments, your movie reviews on Facebook. It's almost Oscars time. On Facebook, the Locked on Packers page. Uh, like it. Let people know that that you like it. Share a, share a podcast or two. I post them all there. So if you have a show you like, post it. Tell other people that you like it. And anytime you want to hit me up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 and let me know how you are staying Locked on Packers. Locked on Packers.